Good morning, you hope. I'm glad to see some of you, you people here, have gone hugely up. In, you know why? Because you're the ones that haven't bowed your knee to the God of rugby. <laughs> I went past a pub this morning. I thought, man, somebody must be having church in there. Something. I was. I've no. There were so many people stacked in the pubs around the place as we had the World Cup on. Today, folks, if you've got an outline, I'd really encourage you to take the, your outline out because we're going to talk about a subject which needs to have some real clarity. This will help you tremendously in your life. Jacques, just so you know, there's a buzz coming from one of these things here, buddy. Uh, I want to talk about, well, first of all, let me just say this. Last night we had a, a fantastic time. We had my son's, my last son's 21st party. My place was changed. We had 60 people for sit-down dinner in our lounge. And um, it was an awesome time, but the place was completely transformed, which also makes me think, as looking at that view last night, I also saw another photograph looking out from our lounge, and most of you have been to my place. You look out there, and I've got a photograph, there's not one single house looking out, it's just all bush. That's how long ago, right the way down to Bucklands Beach. That was one of the original houses in the area where I am. So what it tells me is that our area where we live is in an area of constant and continual change. Today, if you get into Ormiston, it seems to me like there's a, a road opening up about every couple of months. You know what I'm saying? Where'd that one come from? I wonder what's down there. And it was also got me thinking about a number of technological changes and things that we saw years ago. You can see some of these videos and video players and there was all sorts of different uh, camcorders and things like that, technology that we hardly even, who even uses hardly a D or CD anymore? Anybody ever use a CD or a record? It's wow. What up to Spotify? Have you got those photos there, Chris, by any chance? Which is good. Yes, these sort of things, you know? Remember that? Remember those things? Unbelievable. I mean, I don't even use a video player anymore. They're all gone. What do we use as it? And it got me thinking about transport. You know, in the 1920s, it was possible, and check this out, it was possible to go through Auckland at 16 kilometres an hour on your horse. All right? Now, you know, fast forward quite a number of years, nearly a decade, and you can go through Auckland at rush hour at about 10 kilometres an hour. So some things don't really change. There you go. Point is that too much change, too much of it, can cause stress. Too much of it. In fact, Dr. Thomas Holmes, you may want to look him up. Thomas Holmes, you can read his study, world famous, said too many changes create stress when they build up on your life. When they build up on your life. They actually can affect your, your physical health your mental health. So the question then becomes, and a very important question, is there anything in this world that is permanent? I love that, permanent. Is there anything that's reliable and never changes? The answer I want to draw your attention to right in the get-go today on your outline is right here in James 1. This is a brother of Jesus speaking. And he says, Every good and perfect, two beautiful words, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change. 
God is the only person in the, in the universe that does not change like shifting shadows. They change. You may want to circle that. Does not change. If anybody tries to tell you God changes, they are wrong. When you pray, let me be clear, you do not change God's mind. You will never change God's mind. What does that just say? Look at it. He does not change. That's a whole other subject of how prayer and the sovereignty of God. But you need to think about those things. Clearly, God does not change. Get it? Good. In the Phillips translation, it says this, with God, there's never the slightest variation or shadow of inconsistency. God is never inconsistent. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a look at a very important attribute of God's character, of who He is, of His very essence. And that is the word immutability. Theologians call that His unchangeableness. You may want to write that down. Immutability. That means He does not change. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, that's towards the end of the Old Testament. Again, remember, friends, when you're studying the Bible, if anybody throws a verse at you and it doesn't seem quite right, what I do is I like to get my arms around all of what the Bible says on a particular subject. Here's another one that says what we just looked at in the New Testament from Malachi 3.6. What does it say right there? I, the Lord, do not change. Old Testament, New Testament. Often cults get into deception when they take verses out of context. You look at a subject and you look at it right throughout Scripture from Genesis through to Revelation because God's consistent. Right. He's always the same. He always has been. He always will be. Because why is God doesn't change? You know why? Because He's perfect. Think about that. He can't get better and he can't get worse. He'll never learn anything new because he knows everything there is to know. So he doesn't have to adjust his judgments because he's got all the facts. He never changes. Now, because we are imperfect, we do change. Everything else in creation changes except God. Have you even noticed that you're constantly changing? Take a look in the mirror like I did this morning. And it reminded me of that old song from Bob Dylan. You know, the times they were changing. Remember that one? Well, I was looking at that this morning and I'd like to say the lines, the lines they were changing, the hairline, that's a changing, right? And how about the waistlines are changing and the revolving credit lines are changing. Hopefully in this church, out of debt. Get it? Good. Out of debt, that way. So this morning, I want to focus on, by the way, just before I do that, uh, you know, this morning I want to talk about how to stabilise your life in the midst of continual change. Because change is going to come at you sometimes so fast and so thick, you're going to feel discombobulated, disorientated, almost nauseated. 
Three things we're going to focus on today about God that will never change. To give you some stability. Three things that will add stability and three things you can always count on. Not only now, you'll never have to change this thinking even into eternity. This is permanent code change for your brain. Number one, God's love for me will never, ever change. And I need to remind myself of that daily. And so do you. So do you. Jeremiah 31, 3 says this. God says this. I have loved you with an everlasting love. An everlasting love. Circle everlasting. How long is everlasting? A long time, right? Everlasting. In fact, the Bible even says before the foundation of the world, God loved you. That is mind shattering. You see, you were created by God on purpose. He created you on purpose because He wanted to love you. Just like my daughter. She's about to pop. You may be listening to this, darling. As I said with a grad, I am looking very, uh, I'm trying to imitate you at the moment. <laughs> Tuesday, we think, about 9.30, if all things don't go as normal. So you were created just like that little baby was created to be loved. In Helen and Tim's mind, this baby is being born and created because they, they've chosen to have a baby because they want to bestow their love on this baby. You were created to be loved by God and God's love is consistent and it is continual. Consistent and continual. And one of the reasons why you and I get very frustrated sometimes with relationships on this earth is that people change. People are fickle. But God is faithful. People can change from day to day. Don't elbow anybody. Or even hour to hour. Ever notice that? What? What is your problem? <laughs> One minute's this, the next minute, a complete change of outlook. Someone says, You're not the man I once married. Or, My sweet child, how is this sweet darling girl or young man become this rebellious teenager? I don't even recognize them anymore. Some of you know what that feels like. <laughs> Unpredictability. Woo, how we hate that. Inconsistency. Yeah. That's why I like to buy, that's why my favourite brand of tools is Rigid. Call Rigid. It's AEG brand here, but they're cheap as chips. Rigid in America, you get lifetime guarantee on the tools, service, and listen to this, men, batteries for life. I love that. 18 volt. Unbelievable. I just brought some back for my son. I love things that just last. And so do you. I hate junk. Junk that never, it never delivers on its promise. It's inconsistent and unreliable. You know, what I think that's a mark of God in all of us that we like stuff that's predictable and reliable. You know why? Because in, um, unpredictability and inconsistency causes stress. And the Bible says that God's love never changes. 
Psalm 119 verse 15. Your love never changes, so save me. Now because God's love never changes, I never need to doubt God's love. Sometimes we may wonder whether our spouse even loves us from time to time. Huh? Yeah? But not God. No matter what happens, no matter what I do. You see, because God already knows in advance what I will do. Because He has all knowledge and He's outside of time. Another mind-shattering thought. His love for me never changes. You see, the Bible says this here in Romans 8, 38, and you need to remind yourself of this. Nothing. That's a big word. Nothing will be able to separate us. How much? Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. So you can go to bed tonight and get up tomorrow morning and God will not have changed his mind about his love for you whilst you were sleeping. God never has bad days. He is never moody or capricious or fickle. He is always constant. Now friends, listen carefully. We always get into trouble when we doubt God's love. Always get into trouble. So when tragedy strikes, like Kimberly spoke about last week, or when we pray and we don't get an immediate answer, or things don't go the way that you had envisaged, just remember this. God's love for you has never, ever changed one bit. And that is a great stabilising plank in your life. Everything else can go to hell in a handbasket, but God's love for you will never change. Because remember, this is just a brief moment in time. The Bible puts it this way. You know, that, that, that this is just like a, a brief and temporary trials are just like a wisp of smoke coming out the kettle, gone. Number two, God's Word never changes. So His Word, His principles, His statutes, His commands are timeless. You know why? Because He doesn't say, this is the way it is. And oops, now I need to improve on that or adjust it or correct it because he's perfect. The Bible says this in Isaiah 40 verse 8. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You see, the Bible is always fresh. It's always relevant. It's always up to date. It doesn't need to be updated because it's, it's outside of time. Anything that men write or women write eventually becomes obsolete and dated. For example, the rate of scientific discovery today, especially in, medical play, um, in the medical area, by the time the textbook's written, it's obsolete. It's out of date. Do you know there are over a million peer-reviewed papers that are written each year? How in the world can you keep up with all that? That's why the IBM is using Watson to conglomerate those and use probabilities to improve health outcomes. No one person, no team can ever keep up with a million brand new peer-reviewed substantive papers. You need, see, man's ideas don't last. By the time it's printed, it's out of date. 
But you need to build your life on something that's more stable and more permanent and unchangeable than the current fad or the current therapy that's in vogue. See, Jesus says it here. In Matthew 24, 35, I didn't put that in your outline, I don't think. Heaven and earth will pass away. That's, that's gonna happen. What you're sitting on right now, gone burger. But, but my words will never pass away. They're eternal. So there's, there's never been any book on the history of this planet that's ever been criticised or attacked or ridiculed or burned more than the Bible. None. Yet all of those people who put it down, all of the Caesars who tried to eradicate it, they're all dead. All those dictators, gone. However, all those fanatics, dead. But the Bible is still around. It has stood the test of time because His Word never changes. Look at this. Psalm 119. Long ago, I learned from your statutes that you established them to last for how long? Forever. Solid, rock, solid, permanent. Just as God has established the universe to operate on constant physical laws though, there are also moral laws and spiritual laws that God has set up that we cannot ignore. If we ignore them, we have chaos. So God has established some principles in His Word that do not change. There are some absolutes. Now there are some things that will always be right. And there are some things that will always be wrong. It is not a matter of opinion. The only opinion that matters here is what God says. If he says it's right, it's right. If he says it's wrong, it's wrong. Who cares about what I think or what anybody else thinks? If there is a God, what he thinks is the only thing that matters. God does not change his mind also with each generation. Oh, this is a different day. Don't fall for that one. God does not change his mind for every generation. See, Satan's common temptation is to get you to do this, to question God's Word. In fact, if you look in the, in the very beginning of your Bible, the very first temptation is when Satan asks Eve, really subtle, did God really say you shouldn't do that? That's what he said. You read it. He's getting to Eve, he's getting Eve to question. Did God really say that? Did he really mean that? Now today, today, let's bring it back to today. There's a twist on that one. It's the same old fabrication lie wrapped up in a different wrapping paper. And this is what it says. It's the same lie repackaged. The phrase I hear all too often is this. Well, that's just your interpretation. (laughs) That's the same. Does that really mean that? Question. When you go down the road and you come to a a sign, a four-letter sign, and it says, stop. How do you interpret that? How many ways can you interpret stop? Stop. 
Now the Bible says, stop. Let me give you a few for instance. The Bible says, stop. Do not have sex outside marriage. Stop. Clear. The Bible says, stop. Do not gossip. Stop it. Stop. It's clear. The Bible says every seventh day, stop. It's clear. Stop. The Bible says, no lying. Hey, 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 hey. You know, uh, just personal confession. That was the hardest thing I had to nail when I became a Christian. Shading the truth. Shading the truth. Stop it. The Bible says stop. Doesn't matter what generation, it's always wrong to lie. Now, there was no interpretation needed there. It's real black and white. Some people say, oh, well, it's the, it's the things I don't understand in the Bible that, the things that I don't understand in the Bible that bother me. Actually, it's the things I do understand in the Bible that bothers me. <laughs> the fact is, God's word has never changed. And this is this scary parable again, which gets my attention every single time I read it. Matthew 5, 24 says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and both have to be true, puts them into practice. You hear and you do. It's like the wise man who builds his house upon the rock. See, there are two ways to build a house. You can spend all this effort and you can build it on sand. Or you can build it on rock. If you don't build it on a solid foundation that doesn't move, the whole building will eventually tilt over and fall. You've got to have a solid foundation in your life. Now God is saying that if you build your life on the current fad, on the current therapy, or whatever's been read in Cosmo, or Women's Day, or whatever it may be, you name it, then you're building your life on shifting sands, and you're going to have an unstable life when the changes come into your life. Now if you want stability when the stresses come into your life, then you've got to build it on something that never changes. So God's love for me never changes. God's Word never changes. It will always be right to do some things. Now it may seem, and it will always be wrong. Sometimes it may seem hard. It may seem completely unreasonable and very unpopular to do the right thing. But it's always the right thing to do. And doesn't that simplify life? I just know, no, not going there. So if I want to have stability in my life, stability comes from building my life on God's unchangeable Word. His unchangeable Word. Because actually, and this may be a shock to some of you, even our friends are just as infallible as what we are. They don't see perfectly. Nobody does. And here's a stress stabiliser that I have found in my life. If you want to have more stability in your life when you're under stress, memorize scripture from the Bible. Start filling your mind with things that never change. Here's a very painful point. If we really believe the Word of God never changes and it's always true, 
Why do we spend most of our lives listening to trash, lies and rubbish? Compare, just empirically, do your own audit in your own life. Mine too. How much time do I spend glancing over the news, Facebook, who knows, whatever it may be, and then compare that to the amount of time that I spend memorising something that I will take with me into eternity. Convicting, isn't it? Start filling your mind with things that you'll never have to change. Then you're going to have to keep changing your mind because it's settled. <laughs> Plus, when you need them, and this is really neat, God can bring those things, boom, into your mind real quick and easy. If you're wondering what you should do in a situation, somehow I found that God seems to sometimes pop this verse into my mind. It seems to kind of fit and guide me. Because, oh, that's true. That's the right thing to do. Now, the reason why that's important is I don't always have my Bible with me. And either do you. For example, Jesus is out in the desert, Matthew 4, Matthew 4, 4, and there the devil is tempting him. And he says, hey, Jesus, been a bit hungry for a while. Why don't you turn these stones into bread? Could he do that? Of course he could do that. But what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't go, jeepers, where's my iPhone, my smartphone? What's their verse? Somewhere in there. He doesn't do that. Bang! He quotes it straight from his heart. Now granted he wrote the book. But the point is, you need to be a quick draw. Not jeepers, where's my blinking sword? Or you know, Where's that verse somewhere? Memorise those things. He didn't have to even pull out a Bible. He was the living Bible. He just said simply, simply, Satan, the Bible says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And Matthew 4, 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is what will sustain you in this life. So he had it memorised and it helped him. Third and finally, God's purpose for my life will never change. No matter what happens to you, God's purpose will never change. Look at this, Isaiah 14, 24, his purpose. Your problems will never out-trump God's purpose. If you play cards, you know what that means. Isaiah 14, verse 24, the Lord Almighty has sworn Surely, as I have planned it, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will stand. That scripture there is talking about God's sovereignty. That's a whole other interesting area for you to research on. God is at work in human history. History, H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, is really his story, God's story. What's the world coming to? Have you ever asked that? I'll tell you what it's coming to. It's going in one direction towards a climax where that God has planned from the very beginning. Now, I don't know what all the future holds, but I certainly do know who's in charge of that future. Psalm 33 verse 11 says this, His plans endure. They last. His purposes last eternally. Do your plans ever change? Mine sure do. How often do they change? Like daily sometimes? Why do your plans and my plans change so often? 
Two reasons. One, because you and I don't have the perspective and foresight to know everything that's going to happen. Maybe you learned something that you didn't know before. So you have to adjust your plans. Now, since, uh, and secondly, the other reason why you change your plans is maybe you don't have the power or the resources or the money to do what you thought you could do. So you ran out of time. You run out of money, you run out of energy, out of effort, whatever. So your plans are just. Now, since God is omnipotent, that's the word that He has all power. And He's omniscient, He knows all things. His plans never need to change. Here we are, 1 Samuel 15, 29. God is not a man. He does not change His mind. Now, are there some places in the Bible that it appears to say that God changed his mind? Yes. But it wasn't God who changed his mind. It was the people who changed. God told Nineveh, if you don't repent, then I'll destroy the city. And there's some really good historical reasons. If you're reading what those jokers were. By the way, just for the trivia here, that is the greatest revival in the Old Testament where people come to Christ. You'll see people from Nineveh in heaven. Amazing. He didn't destroy the city because the people responded to Jonah's message and, and they changed their mind. Does God change his mind? You want to know about that a bit more and a bit, drill in a bit more detail? Pick up that communication card that Philip gave you and write on there... Um, does God change his mind? Make sure your email's on there and I'll send you a, a reasonably decent, concise, one-page summary on the theological basis of why he does not. Haven't got time to go into all that now. God never changes his will, but he does will change. Oh, did you hear that? Okay, good. The point here is in Habakkuk 3.6 says this, his ways are eternal. Good or bad, somehow God can always turn circumstances in your life and my life and make them fit into his plan. Think about Joseph for one moment. His brothers basically flogged them off into slavery. A little turkeys. You'd be a bit hacked about that, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd be pretty ticked off. Ah, they were just, you know, ah, we're jealous of this guy. Sack him down there, flog him off, and who cares what happens to him? Now, the Bible records this. You brothers meant it for evil. But what does the last part of that verse say? But God meant it for. Yeah. It's an amazing story. That's how he got him down there. That's how he got him to be second in charge in Egypt, in the land. That's how he got him to save Israel. Amazing. See, sometimes we think all these bummer things that happen. That's, talk about, you, got, you think you've got problems with your teenagers. Imagine your teenagers sacking one of your siblings, or one of your progeny, down the road, flogging them off in the second-hand market, you know? <laughs> you think you've got problems, and they were serious. No matter what happens in your life, God has not changed His plans, and His purposes always out-trump your temporary issues. What's the classic verse on that? Romans 8, 28. What does that say? What was that, Jane? For, is that for everybody or is that for Christians? 
That's right. All things work together for good for those who love Him. So God can weave all of those issues in your life, those disappointments, those heartaches, those incredible frustrations, those heart-wrenching moments together for good for those. Romans 8.28 is a very good verse, but don't forget to read Romans 8.29, the verse after it, please, lest you take it out of context. Too many Christians are good at what I call cherry-picking verses. They built a fifth gospel. And what that fifth gospel looks like is you just grab their Bibles and it's all the verses that are underlined. Last time I checked, all Scripture is inspired and profitable for teaching and training in righteousness. All, including the ones you haven't underlined. So read Romans 8.29 after you read 8.28 to give some balance to that. Sometimes I hear people say, man, I made this huge mistake. So from now on, I've just got to settle for second best. I've screwed it up. They'll say words to that type of effect. There's only one problem with that. The Bible knows nothing of that. The Bible says God knows everything that's going to happen into your life and you can use it all to work for good. Even the mistakes, and this is hard to get across in such a very short time, but that's another message again. And even the things that we've done wrong, God can teach you from those things and you can learn many good lessons. By the way, the Bible also says, often it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. And painful experiences are often a result of sin. So what's God's plan for my life? John 10, 10. The Bible says this, He has come that you may have life. And Jesus said He wants you to enjoy life, not to just live and exist. Romans 8, 29 says, God's plan for your life is to become like Jesus. And by the way, the Bible also says something very interesting about Jesus. He learned obedience through the things he suffered. Suffering is part of the Christian life. Any other gospel that tries to tell you it's not is a lie. Is a lie. If it's good enough for the master, I'm expecting. In fact, he says, if they hated you, they're going to hate me. That's exactly what he says. That's the truth. Any gospel, suppose a gospel that says, oh, it's going to be health, wealth, and prosperity. If you want something on that too, by the way, and you're struggling with that, write health, wealth, and prosperity, heresy. And I'll send you something on that if you want to find out about that. You, what God, 829 is saying is, is you learn to think like he thinks and feel like he felt and act like he acts. Becoming like Jesus is the goal of our lives. And all that begins with a relationship in Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And God raised them, you'll be saved. Something else that has never changed is God's plan of salvation. Never changed. This may shock you, but the gospel isn't just in the New Testament. The gospel is eternal. You get a Bible, a Bible software, search the words, the two words, eternal gospel you'll be shocked to find them in the Old Testament as well. There's only one way to get to know God and that's through Jesus Christ, His Son. Jesus said, I am the way. Not I am a good way or not I'm the best way, but He said, I am the way. And His plan has never changed. God's invitation to you has never changed and He wants you to come to Him and establish a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. 
Now in your life, between now and when you die, however long that will be. And sometimes we seem to are under this false apprehension that we're going to be living on this earth in this particular body forever. Think about that 17-year-old young man who departed terra firma on Friday. He got up and he had wet for breakfast, put in his school uniform and went to school. He had no clue that that would be his last day on earth. However long it is that you have left, you will experience many stressful changes in your life. My question becomes, how are you going to respond to those changes? And it's hard to prepare because they aren't all predictable. You don't know what they're going to be and you don't know how you're going to handle them. So what's going to be the source of your stability when stuff comes into your life that rocks your boat? Three things to remember when you're under stress and they're based on three absolute facts that are eternal. They become spiritual anchors for your soul through the storms of life in a changing world. Number one, God will never stop loving me. Never. He won't love me less. I won't understand that it's all going on. I guarantee it. Your probably question will be, God, why? I've learned not to answer that question. I've learned to say, God, what do you want to do in me as I go through this? God's love is a stabiliser no matter what happens. Number two, God's word is always right. Man's found the liar. The advice in the Bible is the right thing to do even if it's unpopular, if it's unpleasant, and it is always the right thing to do no matter what. It's a stabiliser. And then the third thing, God's purpose for my life is bigger than my problems. Problems, your problems will never, that boss you've got, he'll never change God's problems, uh, God's purposes in your life. What do you want us to do? Psalm 125 verse one, those who trust in the Lord are as steady as Mount Zion. Think about that, enormous mountain, unmoved by any circumstance. Kimberly shared about her own brother last week when he died. 23. Those things that have a habit of shaking you. Steady and moved. That's what I call stability. Unmoved by any circumstance. Security, stability, confidence from being anchored in an unchanging God. When everything around us is changing in this throwaway society and nothing remains the same, there is one thing that never changes. Would you bow your heads with me? Some of you today are are stressed out, I know, because you've been talking to me. Because of all the changes you've been going through. How about you? Has it been a bit hectic lately? Are you feeling uncertain about your future? Would you like a rock, a solid foundation on which you can build a stable, enduring life? And that's you, I invite you to pray three things. Why don't you just affirm this in your mind today and say, God, I believe that you love me. I accept your love gift of your son, Jesus Christ. 
And Father, I commit myself to learning and obeying your unchanging word. And I want to follow its guidance even when it seems hard or unpopular. Because I know it's the right thing to do. And God, I want to commit myself completely to cooperating with your plan for my life. Help me to learn from mistakes I have made. And please forgive my sin. I want to do what's right. And make me more like your son. In the precious and life-changing and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all the people said, Amen. God bless.